It's WNRI's Upfront. The opinions expressed represent those only of the panel and callers and do not reflect the views of WNRI and its owners. Telephone lines are now open at 7690600. And now, let's join the Upfront panel. Hi, everybody, and welcome to the Upfront program for this Thursday. And uh, I'm Roger Bouchard, and I'm here uh, Thursdays, um, unless I can uh, get away for a little vacation time. And when I do, uh, my good friend Christopher Boulay uh, picks up the slack here uh, and uh, takes over the studio reins, so to speak. He's uh, here today as our uh, co-host on Thursday. Good morning, Christopher. Good morning, Roger. Good morning, listeners. I guess collectively we'll pick up the slack 50-50, right? <laughs> yes, all right. It works that way. So, you know, um, uh, well, first of all, welcome to our program. It's a talk show, so if you want to call, you can. 769-0600-766-1380. Or you can email us upfront at WNRI.com. Now, you know my brother, Richard. You know Dick, right? Uh, Very well. Okay. He has a feature on his uh, program sometimes called... Uh, did you know? And then what he does is uh, he uh, says something like, did you know? And he rattles off a, ba- a bit of information that uh, he's done some research on. And then he'll say, did you know? And, and then he uh, uh, rattles off some more. I'm introducing a new segment on a program. Much easier to do than uh, Dick's did you know. It's uh, I've been wondering. <laughs> What what it means is I just have been thinking about it, but I haven't done any of the research and I haven't uh, done any of the thinking. So I'm going to do a few. I've been wondering, Christopher Boulay, who is going to emerge? And this is number one before we get to a topic that uh, you want to talk about. An open line conversation. Anything you want to say? I've been wondering uh, who's now who is going to be a plausible candidate for Congress in the first congressional district. And uh, Dan, um, uh, Don uh, Grevian has expressed an interest. He was on Newsmakers Channel 12. He's very interested. Joe Shikachi. I mean, he's got a war chest of millions and millions of dollars unspent down in Warwick. He's thinking about it. Helena Folks. She's thinking about it. Nellie Gorp. This could be. I was telling Jeff Gamash in our audience earlier Thank you, David Cicilline, for saving summer talk radio here in Rhode Island because as a result of his pulling out of Congress and joining the Rhode Island Foundation, there's so much speculation and potential interviews to do that um, there's going to be uh, plenty of uh, talk show um, information to exchange. You're on, Chris. What do you think? Well, I know it won't be our Rhode Island Attorney General. I don't think he has any interest in it. Uh, that's one person we can eliminate. Alina Folks, uh, you and I talked about her, and she seemed to be a viable candidate until she brought Nancy Pelosi to Rhode Island. That kind of hurt her. I, I was, it was brought to my attention that she and Nancy go back uh, a ways. So that's why she brought her in, but I think she actually torpedoed her chances. Mm-hmm. Uh, our esteemed uh, Secretary of State, uh, probably my least favorite politician in the world. Uh, is term limited. You can see her putting her hat in the ring. Joe Shikachi, I think he has to return all of that money and get it back to use it for the 1st Congressional District. Somebody can call him and correct me, but when David Cicilline left uh, he, uh, being the mayor of Providence, he had a big war chest, and I think he had to talk to all of his uh, donors who had money send them back a check and then get a check for the congressional district. But Shikachi just is a money machine. I think he's got yeah, a million dollars or so for the Speaker of the House. That's a hell of a lot of money. Um, I think we can go on a limb and say whoever is going to be that person is probably going to be better than Cicilline, um, <laughs> who, who I think was, is an awful congressman. Uh, some of the things he got involved in being a manager of the Trump uh, impeachment, he made himself a joke. But like every first congressional district uh, congressman, he seems to have a real good staff that gets things done. So if you want something that maybe nobody else is working on, you could call him or before that, Makeley, or before that, um, Freddie St. Germain, and they would pay attention to things. So. Um, it's hard to say. Joe Shikachi does not live in that district, but that did not stop uh, Seth Magazina from running for the second congressional district. So I think Shikachi would probably be a, a good candidate. Helena Folks, 
you're not going to find out what they're about because they want to get elected and they're going to go hard to the left. And certainly um, many of the votes will come from Providence. So you got to go hard to the left. So it's hard to say. But um, I do know our attorney general is not interested in it. And I think certainly uh, Nellie Gobier, who uh, was, was term limited, would, would, would certainly going to put her hat in the ring, I, w- I would think. All right. Those are a few of the candidates uh, out there. And like I said, with the long, hot summer uh, approaching us, well, uh, there'll probably be a, a few more names out there. Some well-known to our listeners, others not as well-known. As we uh, continue to search for a new congressperson for the 1st Congressional District from Woonsocket down to Newport. And many towns on the, uh, what we would call the... East Bay in between. And, and, oh, yeah, and, I, and, and I'm not a big fan of the Providence Journal, but I, I, I do look at it. I refuse to pay for it. I, I, I'm cheap about that. I won't pay the $16 a month, whatever it is. I work around that. But have you noticed more than ever how closely they're paying attention to the Rhode Island Foundation and the money that they're giving? Mm-hmm. And I think they're setting that up to juxtapose for the future what will happen and certainly... Uh, Cicilline has some political baggage and there may be people who are di- less inclined to give money to the foundation because of him. But if you look in the Providence Journal, I think it's today, they list the top 10 recipients of the money. And it's significant. It's about $80 million a year. So it'll be interesting to see if that changes. And more importantly, uh, will people stop giving because of the current CEO? We will see what happens, whether the uh, board of directors made a good choice or a bad choice. This is Up Front on WNRI. It is our Thursday edition. John Brian will be here tomorrow with the Friday edition, Dick, on Monday. So I got a pretty easy job. I used to have to do this Monday through Friday. (laughs) And uh, then I got smart, you know. And uh, so um, I certainly solved my Thursday um, issue with uh, co-host Mr. Christopher Boulay, who comes in and... uh, has a number of topics that he has uh, said a lot about. Now, let me tell you something. I do research, too, on the program. All right? I know you do. Right. And so um, so I'm going to take a moment here to give you uh, the result of my research on the menu at Ciro's Tavern for lunch. All right? Uh, this was a deep a deep dive uh, search of, um, of what they have there. You know, Ciro's is open for lunch today. Um, just before noontime, you can walk in there, and you can uh, pick a sandwich uh, from their delicious BLT or turkey and cheese, chicken salad, my favorite, grilled cheese, pulled pork grilled cheese. And then you then you match it with a soup, uh, like uh, their onion soup or their lobster bisque or their New England chowder or their tomato soup or the roasted chicken noodle soup, which is the recipe, even though it's Ciro's from the Pomodoro. So uh, pick a sandwich, pick a soup, um, and um, and then you can also pick a sandwich like the Philly cheesesteak and then pick a side like uh, a side Caesar salad. There are a lot of different ways to enjoy lunch today at Ciro's Tavern. And uh, you'll find them uh, right here in Woonsocket, right in the downtown district at 42 Cherry Street in Woonsocket, Rhode Island. So uh, check out the luncheon menu. At Ciro's of Woonsocket, and you will not be disappointed any way whatsoever. Well, yesterday, I had my taxes done over at K. Kosher, and I'm just going to play the announcement because uh, I'm not getting a refund. (laughs) We'll put it that way. Who is getting the refund? Well, I'll tell you who's getting the refund. The U.S. federal government and the state of Rhode Island. Kayer Kosher, your accounting, financial planning, tax preparation, and business consulting services of Woonsocket and Warwick. 600 Cass Avenue, Woonsocket, Jefferson Boulevard, and Warwick. Call us locally at 766-8100. Remember, outside of the tax season, we do planning for business, individuals, and families. We're Kayer Kosher. We're certified public accountants. Again, our local number, 766-8100. And remember, having Kayer Kosher to consult with on your personal financial situation is like having all the right answers. Matthew and Nelv invite you to drop off your laundry at M&N Laundromat. We wash, dry, fold when you drop off for only a dollar a pound. Includes detergent, 
bleach softener, dryer sheets with clear plastic bags. Pickup and delivery is available too. We have all commercial front load machines, 20 pounds, 30, 40, 60 pounds, and 80 pound washers. And enjoy our 65 inch flat screen TV and free Wi-Fi while you're here. Commercial accounts are also welcomed, including nursing homes and restaurants. We have the equipment to do the big jobs with washers up to 100 pounds and dryers up to 45 pounds. Have a question? Call us at 769-9661. The husband and wife team, Matthew and Nell, invite you to stop by our 389 Willow Street location. Matt is a Woonsocket native and proud to say M&N Laundromat is locally owned and operated. And don't worry, uh, don't think your job is too big for them. They do hospitals and nursing homes and so forth. All right, one more advertisement, and then we'll get back to more conversation. On the Upfront program, your calls and comments are welcome. Time to discover a favorite of Bellingham residents. Time to make it yours. PJ's Bar and Grill, 191 Mechanic Street, is a great retreat for burgers, salads, steak tips, prime ribs, and sandwiches. Check out our Facebook page for daily lunch and dinner specials. PJ's Bar and Grill is the place for great food and drink and to catch up on local sports action. Find us on Route 140 at 191 Mechanic Street, located in the shops on Mechanic Street Plus. PJ's Bar and Grill, a taste of Bellingham. Take out at 508 657 1787. You're listening to WNRI's Upfront, a radio internet talk show. Now, let's get back to the panel. Hi, everybody, and welcome back to uh, the Upfront program for this Thursday. And uh, we're solving the uh, the issues of the world, and, uh, and all you have to do is just listen into the program and and you will uh, be, uh, shall we say, uh, satisfied with the results. I, I hope so. I'm Roger. Chris, um, I, I brought up a few topics. I, I'm going to let, uh, let you look at your list here. And, and uh, maybe I can help you uh, with some information. Most likely, unlikely. Well, you and I communicate very, very well, I, I like to think. Mm-hmm. And when we sat down initially, we're both talking about Tucker Carlson, but we're talking about separate issues. Yes, we were. So regular listeners know that I've got great respect for Tucker Carlson. I consider him the most important person on TV. Yet on every Thursday, I don't want to come here and just regurgitate what he talks about during the week. But you can't ignore the issue of what he's talking about this week, which is reviewing the January 6, 2001 attack on the Capitol. Yeah. Um, it, it's funny how people have made this the worst thing since the Civil War and how they've Uh, focused on it. So for many months, 26 months, over two years now, the United States government would not release the videotape of what happened in the Capitol saying it was national security, which was really stupid and and a a lie. So the Speaker of the House coming in uh, gave the tapes, I guess it's thousands of hours to Tucker Carlson, and now the media the other media, who wouldn't have done anything with it anyway, is complaining. But Tucker Carlson and his producers went through this, and they've been featured the last couple of days. And what you see, and again, we're not going through thousands of hours. There's a yang and a yang here, and the truth is somewhere in the middle probably. But you see many of these defendants actually being walked to the Capitol by Capitol Police in a very non-aggressive way, showing them around. So Something we didn't see or hear about before. Absolutely. They made it sound like it was the worst thing. As a matter of fact, well, I'll digress to that in a second. But they had a made-for-TV primetime production by the Democrats, which fell on its face. And I think people realized that they were being lied to. Now, Tucker Carlson, he's got guts. Now, he's taking on the Republicans and the Democrats saying they're both in cahoots with this and that it's a lie. And for me, I tend to be conservative, as a lot of our listeners do, and you tend to be conservative. We want to sift through this. And what is the truth? Tucker Carlson is cherry-picking or not videos that are showing peaceful demonstration and acquiesce behavior by the Capitol Police, so there's no issue here. And then you've got other things going on where people are actually breaking windows, and then now you say, okay, what is the truth? What's going on? Many of the media, and also the President of the United States, have lied and said multiple people died 
in that attack, and only one person died, Ashley Babbitt, who was shot by a trigger-happy Capitol Police officer, and she was shot, and she died. They were saying that state um, that Capitol Police had died, and they didn't die. One person had a stroke later on, unrelated probably to what happened. So they've lied there. And then you've got a bunch of people whose rights have been taken away by the government, either rotting in jail in solitary confinement or have been convicted of uh, uh, insurrection. And they never got to see this video, which is so against our Constitution, it's unbelievable. So I start to draw these conclusions on my own, and I'll bring another one in, that Tucker Carlson is much more right than he's wrong on this. So when you're dealing with a big assembly like that on January 6th, that was a big crowd. Um, isn't it possible to have a little bit of both? A responsible uh, behavior, even led by Capitol Police, peaceful, orderly. And, um, and some of them uh, from uh, the uh, video that I'm able to gather were, uh, you know, they almost look like, like we're tourists. <laughs> and then there's the other group. Uh, who um, who were part of that same group. And you can find video of them uh, acting uh, like um, hoodlums and like uh, mob rule and so forth. So that was an interesting day, January 6th. A little bit of uh, this and a little bit of that. But I think the point here that has been uh, tr- we're trying to establish is that if you watched uh, certain mainstream media or listened to the Democrats, it was all mob rule that day. And that's why these videos are so interesting and revealing now, because nobody in the uh, attorney general's office or in, on the Democrat side and in the news media made those videos available and they had them available and they ignored them on purpose. And I think that's the point that uh, Mr. Tucker Carlson's making, or Mr. Bouchard and Mr. Boulay. Aren't we all in agreement? Three great minds. I think so. And I, <laughs> and, and, I, and, I, and I think they've overdone it because there's one thing to try to manipulate the opinion of the American public, which is, that's happened since, you know, for thousands of years. But now you've got a situation where people's civil rights were actually taken away. So if I was charged for being an insurrectionist in in charging the Capitol and there's video of me being shown around by nine Capitol police officers and (laughs) taking me into room to room and showing me what's going around, I I, I think I'd want a jury of my peers to see that. And the other thing that, that... Again, you try to separate who's right and who's wrong, and you try to use your own thoughts. Senator Schumer makes me sad. To think about an idiot like that, who's a Senate majority leader, and that's the best we can do in America, somebody like that. He actually went on the Senate floor this week and called for the cancellation and censorship of Tucker Carlson for telling the truth. Mm -hmm. If that doesn't make you sway to the side of Tucker Carlson... And then you've got people, too many to name, in the media who are actually going along with that. What happens if they were the ones who said that this was a violent insurrection and that the White House and the Capitol playing it down is nothing? And then now you're being let out in handcuffs or you're being censored because you've got a differing opinion. So anybody who comes out and says that they have no issue with the Senate Majority Leader saying that Tucker Carlson should be censored and kicked off the air, I think doesn't have a brain in their heads and has no credibility at all. So, so, so when you take these separate things, I certainly lean towards the side of Carlson. So, uh, like I said at the beginning of the program there, uh, Dick has a feature, Did You Know? And I'm introducing the features, so I've been wondering. So, I've been wondering... Uh, At the end of the week, tomorrow is Friday, at the end of March, at the end of the year, will there be a Tucker Carlson on the airwaves every night? You know... I've been wondering. The the left doesn't want him there. Right. Um, Amy and I were talking about last night. She was wondering, does he have security? I said, man, I hope so. If, If the guy... 
probably makes about, I'm guessing, $15 million a year. Either he should pay for it or better, um, Fox should pay for it. This guy should have security because they hate his guts. He's got the guts to tell the truth. He, he doesn't care. And um, I think it would be a huge problem for Fox to capitulate and get rid of him. Um, you know, he is the most popular talk show host in America. I certainly think he's the most important and he's telling the truth. And so my money would be that he's going to be there and shame on uh, Fox News and shame on uh, Schumer and, and all his cohorts if they were able to get him off the air. But they did get O'Brien. Uh, what's his name? O'Brien? They, Conan? Uh, no, the guy before. Uh, I can't remember his name now. Bill O'Brien? Bill, Bill O'Brien, yeah. yeah they, they got rid of him, but he his temper and his misbehavior got the got the uh, the best of him. But uh, And we'll talk about it later. We you know Tucker Carlson's also been linked with an uh, email criticizing Trump. And then Pride said he's also featured prominently on the Hunter Biden laptop. So we can talk about that, too. So we have some uh, listener input on the program. So we're going to press some buttons and uh, see what uh, some people have to say on various topics. So button number one uh, reveals your comments. Hello there. Good morning, gentlemen. Good morning. Good morning to you. What do you want to talk about? Well, I just want to say, you know, you got those two guys, or at least one of them, that was instigating things, yeah. and the people pointing at him saying, fed, 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 yeah. and I've had this discussion with some people working today, ah, uh, we studied that guy, he has no ties to the FBI, yeah. well, why do you think they classify things to protect their human resources? If the FBI had their hands on this guy and used him to instigate it, of course they're going to cover their tracks, sure. that's what they do. I mean, do you think we have agents in, in China and Russia and everywhere else that anybody can find out that they're working for the FBI? Of course not. Mm -hmm. And the idea that if this guy was instigating things on behalf of the FBI that we know about it, that's silly thinking because they would have covered that real good. That's number one. Right, but let, let, let's clarify those because there's one issue of protecting your sources, as you alluded to. But should the FBI ever be instigating an issue the way Ray Ebbs was? We know for a fact that the FBI was involved, has been involved more than once in instigating, um, instigating issues. They have routinely done this, and it's one of the biggest problems I have with the agency. I mean, this wouldn't be the first time. There's records of it. They, 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 they had people. There were people. The first trial where they went after those people went after the um, governor was thrown out because the FBI agents were found to be instigating it during the trial. Right, but let's fo I agree. Let's focus on this issue. Do you concur that Ray Ebbs was, was an FBI plant, and that's the reason why? Because there's, you know, there's one thing to act emotionally and do something. Then, to me, you know, be being a, 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 a closet lawyer here, then there's another thing of premeditation. And Ray Ebbs is the only person that they have on film premeditating uh, attacking the Capitol. So of anybody who should have been punished, it should have been him for his actions. Well, see, therein the problem lies. If, if he's not working for them, right, and I, we, we don't have the proof. I'm not saying we have the proof, but on the other hand, if he wasn't working for him, then how come he wasn't arrested after all that public publicly doing what he did? Right. So you, you, we draw our own conclusions there. Okay, go ahead. It doesn't make any sense. Now, the other thing is, we had a couple people get killed by the cartels. My understanding is we have private militia who have crossed into Mexico to hunt down cartel members. That's a fact. We have private, car we have private militias going into Mexico right now. We're working on calling them and proclaiming them to be terrorists. Now, I go on to YouTube or I go on to Google and I say something about I, I, my point that, you know, yes, these are terrorists. And Google suppresses that. Well, if we're actively being under attack, and especially if we proclaim them to be terrorists, and Google and, and YouTube are actively assessing, helping them by covering information, when does that become an act of treason? Well, let, I'll, use, I'll use the same analogy that you used about the FBI, is that Google employees have 
a big have had a big pushback against working with the U.S. military and helping them out. And those same people seem to have no issue working with the Chinese government, giving them technology. So, yeah, Google, um, you're right. So we'll use the same technology, uh, the same analogy, excuse me, for us the other. They seem to be not helping Americans at all. Well, it would strike me that if we, if the FBI can show up with guns drawn at a parent's house because he spoke out against a woke situation in school, we could show up at some of the executives of Google and, and YouTube with a court order to arrest them, too, for treason. If they're going to aid and abet our enemies, people who are actively attacking, declared war or not, because you may say, well, this is, um, it's treason to assist someone who's fighting you in a declared war, but... Vietnam, I believe, wasn't a declared war, and if you helped the Vietnamese and off the Vietnamese against us, that was still considered treason, same thing in Korea. And and this may not be a declared war, but they're actively attacking us. If you're going to help them, we need to arrest you for treason. We need to put, start putting people away. We shouldn't be putting up with this. If Google was in China doing what they're doing to, to yeah, China, what they're doing here, they'd, they'd be they a problem. Yeah. They wouldn't be there very long, would they? We need to respond in kind. Thank you so much for the call. We very, we very appreciate your input. All right. Thank you. Going to go to our next line and see what uh, kind of conversation we get before we hit a commercial break. Hello there. Hello there. Yeah. Hello. Yes. Hello. Hello. Yeah. Good morning, gentlemen. Good, Good morning. morning. Oh. Um, I, I, I want to talk about yesterday's show briefly, but I think I need to start with what you guys are talking about already. Because I did happen to watch Tucker Carlson, and most troubling thing that I saw in all of his reporting so far is last night when he spoke with the attorney for the costumes gentleman who was escorted around the Capitol by the Capitol Police. Uh-huh. Um, doing, doing nothing violent, and yes, he's probably guilty of walking improperly walking through the, the U.S. Capitol without authorization, but he's spending four years in jail, and his defense attorney was not granted access to to the videos that he was showing last night mm -hmm. of him just walking around the Capitol peacefully. Yes. And that to me sounds like he's been improperly prosecuted and the prosecution um, failed in their fundamental responsibility to provide all evidence against him um, or for him. They should let him out of prison case. immediately, right? Yep, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. That yeah. should take seconds. All yeah. right, what else do you have uh, on your mind? I, 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 now, now let's, get, let's get down to the issue of yesterday. You know, one of the things that's, that's always difficult to deal with is whenever I have to listen to to the mayor on the radio with you, Roger, is that um, it seems, and I think this is a universal truth, if anything has gone wrong, there is a council in the past to blame for it. What's the issue we're talking about, though? Nothing. Anyone, any issue, well, over history, anything that, anytime there is any small thing wrong or a large thing wrong, there is a city council somewhere to blame for it. What did she bring um, up yesterday, anything, though? Oh, uh, let me see. The fact that the Senegro plant was imposed upon Charlie Baldelli by the council back then, whether he liked it or not, they were going to get it. Um, the fact that, uh, let me see, the contract was approved by a council... And John Ward sponsored it when, in fact, I sponsored it at the request of the administration. Um, it, it just goes on and on and on. Did and on. you say that she misled us uh, in, a, in the interview yesterday, then? Is that what you're saying? Uh, no, I say <laughs> she would mis she's misled you in every interview you've ever had with her. I see. Um, so let's talk about a couple of basics. You know, I heard, I heard Steve D'Agostino referring to me as a clown. That's fine. I have my opinion of him. I'm not going to express it on the radio. Um, and he was talking about how I, he was he was upset that I voted no on Chris Chamberlain's new position that's going to add 100, 110000 or more to the uh, fees having to be paid by user, users of our water and wastewater treatment facilities um, because it's an unnecessary position. And it's his opinion it is because I guess he's an accountant and he knows how accounting works. And um, I don't know what goes on there. Well, the fact is, oftentimes over history, at least my history, while this mayor has been in office, we don't know what's going on because they never tell us what's going on. We ask for financial reports. They don't give them to us. We ask for information. We don't get it. I asked for information just uh, last week, and it took 
13 days and I had to say, should I take this to the Attorney General before I finally got the information? And I'm on the city council. Mr. Wood? Um, and, and so, uh, yes. Uh, it's, um, we have a limited amount of time it, it, here, and and I and I was curious. Well, no, I, I, I'm, I'm going to wrap it up. But, you know, was, yeah, but uh, I need to ask you. Was, I need to ask you something, though. Uh, during that sure. same interview that I did with her yesterday, I asked her about the fire chief leaving the city one socket, and she said, "No, yeah. he's still the fire chief." And yet this morning, <clears throat> I get a a picture uh, of a door at CVS. With uh, with a number associated on it, and it says Paul Shatra, and so it indicates that he is at CVS, and she says he is the fire chief. And do you have an explanation for that, or do I have to wait until another time? No, absolutely, I have an explanation for it because it's exactly what I have been told by several people over the last week or so, and that is the fact that. When you are completing your employment, sometimes in the public sector, you have unused vacation time, comp time, and sick time that you can use, and that keeps you on the payroll. Now, they could pay you in a lump sum as you depart and give you a, a nice spare the well, but in this case, he is on payroll, staying on the payroll over time, receiving paychecks, even though he is already working for CVS in his capacity there. So technically, he is employed privately, and he is also still on the payroll in Woonsocket. But I assure you, he is not the acting fire chief in place in the city of Woonsocket. And I, I don't want to say this to to demean uh, Paul Shatro. He's a he's a fine gentleman. He's he was a great chief. He's done a great job for the city of Woonsocket, and I wish him well in his retirement from, from fire duty, and wish him well in his new employment. But. But, you know, what, again, what you were told was sort of the, the angle's truth. It's factually correct, but it's not effectively the truth of what's really going on. Other people are filling the role, um, and, and so it's I got it. a distraction. All right, you got and another I'll minute finish, uh, before finish. we uh, finish up okay. here. Yeah. Here's, my last, here's my last minute, and I'll expand on many of these things on Saturday with John. Um, the minute is going to be spent simply saying, I write my own legislation. I've been doing it since 2005 when I first got elected to the council. I don't need Jim Canoya to write it for me. He doesn't need me to write for him. I have over time shared things with him in his suggested edits. But in this case, I didn't share it with him. I just simply submitted it myself on Wednesday. I submitted it to the city clerk and to the solicitor directly, and I had direct messages for each of them asking the solicitor to review it for for its appropriate uh, composition, and nothing was said before it was placed on the agenda, and nothing was said at Monday's meeting to say that there was anything lacking in it, so I don't know what the mayor's going to ask him to do, but in any case, Jim Canoyer, um, Jim Canoyer and I had a good working relationship. But uh, and we shared ideas, but I wrote my legislation, he wrote his and I, I, this one, I, he had nothing to do with. So I don't know, uh, okay. I don't know what squirrel this dog is chasing up a tree. But um, clearly, to it. when I finished the interview, I, I felt that she did not have a high opinion of you. So uh, 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 well, we'll finish it off there, right? Uh, but, but we love you, <laughs> so and you know that. Well, I know Roger loves everybody. But. <laughs> well, I'm like Raymond. <laughs> <laughs> Raymond loves everybody. Roger loves everybody. Thank you. Right. Well, you guys have a great day. You too. Thanks indeed. for the call. Let's squeeze in one more call. Then we'll take our break. Hello, you're on the Upfront program. Good morning. Uh, I want to make one comment. Uh, your uh, guest there. What's his take on Bank America sharing, uh, you know, like the socialism is going on in one socket, uh, all the socialist, uh, you know, this, I'm, I'm going to, I'll retract that. We know about the socialism in Rhode Island. Uh, what's his take on the Bank of America giving people's uh, information that were in hotels around Washington, D.C. when this supposedly um, insurrection happened? And I always tell everybody, if it was an insurrection, I would have been there. Since I wasn't there, it wasn't an insurrection. <laughs> okay? So, could, and, and I'll hang up the phone. I just want to hear. Yep. Okay. I've been listening to. Okay, thank you very much. Here we thank go. You. Yeah. What's your take? Yeah, I'm well aware of what happened, and I've I've gone on the record here on the radio saying it was wrong. Summarize what did happen. So, so what happened is Bank of America offered up 
the uh, credit card uh, receipts or the credit card documentation of their clients who are public service no uh, their clients who are in the washington dc area during uh january 6th of uh, 2021 so a couple of days before that a couple of days after that they provided that information uh with no subpoena uh, by if they were subpoenaed, they were subpoenaed, and if a judge ruled on it, but they just offered it up to the FBI. So people who just happened to be visiting Washington D.C. who had nothing to do with that could have gotten wrapped up in that, and it, it's it's very bothersome because we just talked about it, where people who didn't even enter the Capitol were um, uh, were, were uh, mistreated. As a matter of fact, um, Tucker Carlson interviewed one of the. Um, one of the security guys at Capitol Police, and in order to move through the crowd, he had a Trump hat on. Uh, he thought that that would be the best thing for him to move through the crowd and, and help protect people, and he was fired because of that. So um, there are times where um, that information can be gathered by law enforcement, but to have a wide-reaching, I'm speaking for myself, having a wide-reaching net like that of anyone who was in the area was just something they should not have done uh, and I, I don't agree with it at all all right I, I hope the audience was left with an understanding of what what happened i uh, i was yeah, I, okay I, I followed it clearly okay all right one email and then a commercial too and then we'll get back to more calls and more uh, more topics too good morning uh roger and chris this is from sandra and uh, she writes uh Every uh, time you're here, Christopher, thank you for your input concerning uh, Rhode Island's new congressional person. In my opinion, Nellie Gorbia is the female version of Cicilline. <laughs> when I worked at Fogarty Hospital, we had an excellent surgeon. And, um, and uh, it looks like Dr. Shikachi. Do either of you know if the speaker, Shikachi, is related to him? I do not know. Do you know? I, I, I do not know. Right. I attempted to search, but no results. And final words, Tucker Carlson rocks, according to Sandra. All right. Apparently, she's a fan of Tucker. I'm a fan of The Honey Shop at 1300 Park Avenue in Woonsocket, Rhode Island. Gourmet foods are available there. Health foods are available there. Uh, natural remedies like uh, Breathe is available there. And a great gift shop, too. And we manufacture and sell some of the um, honey foods that we sell over at the honey shop. Basically, um, if you love food, you'll love us at the honey shop. We'll, we'll show you how to make food, how to make cheeses, and how to uh, cook Asian or Mediterranean cuisine. We have workshops. Check us out on Facebook and see for yourself about our uh, March and April workshops coming up uh, at the Honey Shop, 1300 Park Avenue. They usually hold the workshops upstairs and uh, limited to a very small group. So it's a very intimate setting. And so, therefore, you learn a lot about how to do Mediterranean cooking or whatever you happen to want to learn about. The Honey Shop, they're open seven days a week. All right. We uh, have a political advertisement from Dan Keefe running for selectman in Blackstone. And yeah, it's election time there. My name is Daniel Keefe, and I am seeking to be elected to the Blackstone Board of Selectmen. I have previously served on the Water Sewer Commission, the Regional Wastewater Commission, Capital Outlay Committee, BMR Regional Agreement Committee, and the Board of Selectmen from 2015 to 2021. In the past two years, I've worked cooperatively with the Memorial Day Committee and the Parks and Recs Commission to successfully create the Veterans Day celebration held at Roosevelt Park. I am also currently a member of the Blackstone Millville Regional School District School Committee, as well as the Chairman of the Board of Directors for the Blackstone Valley Boys and Girls Club. Over the past two years, I have watched the town and the taxpayers' expenses increase, with almost no new sources of revenue being generated. During my time as a selectman, I worked closely with other boards and commissions in a cooperative effort. We were able to bring online five solar fields, two cannabis dispensaries, and negotiate a 10-year agreement with our power plant, generating millions of dollars of revenue to offset the tax burden in our community. With major proposals on the horizon, such as potential purchase of St. Teresa's Church, the feasibility study and potential renovations within our school district and the funding for our water treatment facility, we are in need of additional revenue. Otherwise, the bulk of the burden will be placed back on the taxpayers. I humbly ask for your vote to work on your behalf and keep Blackstone affordable for all. Thank you. Daniel P. Keefe, candidate for Blackstone Board of Selectmen. Election held April 3rd, 2023. Paid for Dan Keefe. 
going to see sanctions because historically um if america sneezes uh mexico catches a cold and they really really need us so any kind of strong president which does not include our current president can put a lot of pressure on on mexico as a matter of fact trump had a pretty good relationship i think it was with uh, president fox and he said these are the things that you've got to do and that's where stay in mexico came from so yeah, it's something. It's a it's a place I don't want to visit. Uh, I have uh, clients who, who listen weekly who who have different that that have differing opinions. They don't want to visit Mexico. It's just not on my high list. But I think you are correct. There's a lot of issues there. Uh, conversely, um, there's a lot of people who are there who want to be here in America. So that should give you pause about what a great country this is. But yeah, I don't think we have to sanctions. I I think a well spoken hey. This is what we need you to do because um, NAFTA is still out there and there's a, they, they benefit from a lot of jobs. And during the Clinton administration, they still do. So I, I don't think we need to do that, but I see where you're coming from. Well, I think many American companies, we've lost jobs to them over the years. Um, and uh, it's about time that this is considered um, in funding, etc., because... Um, it's not right, and if anything happens to an American, I don't think they should have warnings going over mm-hmm. there. You're there at your own risk. Thank yeah. you. Thank you so much for the call. Have a good day. And for our uh, world travelers, just in case you want to put Mexico on your um, on your wish list of places to visit, there is a way to visit Mexico and not really be there, and that is going to the island of Cozumel. I, you, maybe you've heard of it. And it is uh, right off, um, just south of, um, of um, let me check, um, uh, it's, well, anyway, Cozumel, just south of something. It was just north of Aruba, right? Uh, not- Cancun. Cancun. Cancun, yeah. right. And you can go to the island, a lot of the cruise lines stop in Cozumel. You are in Mexico. It's a fortress. Um, the, uh, the cartels do not go over there. They let the tourists come in there. The tourists can say they visited Mexico. They're not on the mainland. It's like going to Block Island and saying you're visiting Rhode Island. <laughs> or going to Nantucket and saying, yeah, I spent a great time in the Bay State. Right? That's how people do, uh, do Mexico. All right. Other topics. Well, very briefly, we don't want to make this the Tucker Carlson rehash show. But when you and I sat down before the show today, we think about different things that Tucker Carlson was involved in and known for. And certainly, like I said, he's very, very brave. They're going to, they're going to try to get him the best they can. He's going after Republicans and Democrats. So there was some emails released where he was very upset with the president. And he said he can't stand him. And this was on January 4, 2021, just before the quote-unquote insurrection. And they're trying to take that and... Uh, make an issue of it. Well, he survived other things, too, because he's prominently on the Hunter Biden laptop because before um, everything hit the fan, he, he was friendly with Hunter. They lived next to each other, and Hunter had a connection with Georgetown University, which is not an easy school to get into. I think the acceptance rate is about 4.5%. Hmm. So, uh, Carlson, an email, and his wife reach out to Hunter and ask them to put a good word in for their son. I think he did do that. It didn't get him in. He ended up going somewhere else. But I don't think it's that big a deal. I mean, I can say right in the air, the president of the United States, the former president, number 45, could really aggravate me. Yet I think he did great things. And I don't think there's a politician, politician out there that doesn't aggravate me sometimes. So I think it's much ado about nothing. A couple of uh, budgets I'm looking at uh, is the Rhode Island state budget which uh, has been proposed by Dan McKee, our governor, and is now in the House. 
and uh, being uh, looked at by the Rhode Island House and will eventually be passed by the Senate. How about the Joe Biden budget in Washington, D.C.? Now, there's there's an animal of a different uh, shape, I'll tell you, than the Rhode Island budget. Um, do you have any thoughts on that? Christopher Boulay. I, I, I sure do. So the president's proposing a budget. I think it was three years in a row, if I'm not mistaken, that Obama never even presented a budget. And the headlines in the Associated Press says, Biden budget aims to cut nearly $3 trillion in deficits. Wow. So Democrats do not lower taxes or low spending. They raise spending in order to cut deficits, which really don't work. Uh-huh. But this one really aggravates me because... What he wants to do is raise the Medicare tax on people making over $400,000 per year, saying that they're not paying their fair share. Now, this is the same person who's a private citizen. Him and his wife wrote a couple of books, and they used a tax loophole using an S-corporation to hide the fact that most of that money was income. So my understanding is by using a tax loophole that um, he shouldn't have done really morally, I guess, uh, legally, he could do that, but he said only half a million dollars of the $14 million that him and his wife received was actually salary. Therefore, they were subject to the Medicare tax, and the rest of it, he treated it differently. So here's a guy trying to raise taxes on the American people when, in fact, he pushed the envelope so he didn't have to pay the taxes. So I, I think it's in very poor taste. and. Again, I want to respect the presidency and the office of the president, but this is the guy who had to drop out of the 1988 presidential election because he got caught plagiarizing speeches. He might be the most emptiest suit that we've ever had in the White House, certainly in my lifetime. It's unbelievable how bad he's done, and the only time he'll do anything that's morally correct as if it's politically expedient, like like not supporting the new crime bill in Washington, D.C. that had to go before the House and the Senate, which reduced the amount of time for a person carjacking, when in fact carjackings are up 141%. So, uh, unbelievable. Um, we can do better, America. You know, if you're a, a liberal, um, and the, the last uh, eight years must have been tough, because... As a liberal, you had to dislike what Trump did. And then as a liberal, how disappointed you have to have been with the performance of Joe Biden, even though he might have introduced policies that you're comfortable with. Uh, he is just really, uh, it's the saddest thing I've ever seen. You know, some people just just dislike him. Uh, I feel more sorry for him. Um, then uh, dislike him, but uh, certainly he should not be president right now. Hello, you're on the Upfront program. What do you want to talk about? I'll try to be quick. Yeah. You, you, Chris, you just brought up something I was just thinking about, the uh, Biden uh, budget. I'm so sick and tired of them raising taxes, whether it's state or federal government, raising taxes when they spend so much money foolishly, like the heated sidewalk and the bridge to nowhere so people could watch birds where the people said there were no birds. I bet there's a lot more stuff they could cut out uh, from expenses and and leave the t- uh, tax rates where they are or lower them. That's my opinion. <laughs> yeah, and, and, and it's, it's valid. You, you try to keep a level head and you try not to be cynical, but like my younger brother Kenny says, no matter how cynical you are, it's tough to catch up. And you look at uh, McKee, who's got all of this money, who's got the ability to transform Rhode Island into a much more competitive state, and he doesn't have the guts to do it, doesn't want to do it. Um, as Roger interviews uh, these representatives up here who are trying to do what's best, for the for Rhode Islanders, and I would include um, uh, John Green in that. They're really having to fight against these liberals, um, really undermining Rhode Island. And uh, the Democrats just want to spend, 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 and there's no reality to what they're doing. Eventually, we're going to run out of money. No worries. <laughs> I'm being pulled off the stage, and I want to thank everyone for this Academy Award. No, no, no. <laughs> I want to thank Roger Bouchard. Yeah. No, um, just a, you're going to have to blame that on me. One more quick thing. There was a pull of the switch on my part here. All right. All right. The, the steering wheels on the Tesla. 
You have a Tesla, right? You know, I, no, I don't. And, and, and you know, I'm going to digress for a second because a lot of my friends listen to the show and they've gotten the impression that I'm a tree hugger because I was going to get a Tesla. I have a gas guzzling 2022 Escalade that gets 16 and a half miles to the gallon and I'm not a tree hugger. I thought about getting a Tesla, but I did not. I, uh, I want to clarify that right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I thought you had that. Oh, okay. But uh, like I say, it, it's terrible what they're building the future generation with taxes. They don't care. They they do what they want because they say we'll just up the taxes. Have a good day. Yeah, Thank thanks you for the call. Right, I, you. I, I hope your common sense goes on forever and for, forever because she tells it like it is. All right. Got a few moments to uh, at least uh, introduce some topics uh, to to give me something to think about over the weekend while I'm sipping coffee over the weekend. Um, again, when you and I talk, we look. The country is very, very divided. You would hope that only a small majority of the people uh, are there woke, but it's about 50-50. And they're doing a lot of things about it. Idaho might, is looking, which will never happen, take on parts of uh, eastern Washington state. Because people don't feel like they're being represented there. And Washington State is looking to pass laws that are actually going to limit free speech, which is unbelievable. Buckhead, which is a affluent suburb in Atlanta, they're looking about leaving uh, Atlanta because they've had enough with the crime and, and what's going on. You look at um, New Orleans, Louisiana, they're recalling their mayor. They've had enough of the crime-ridden city and the inability to do the right thing. Chicago has um, kicked the Lori uh, Lightfoot to the curb. So maybe there's some issues here, but when you juxtapose what they're focusing on on January 6, 2021, and it's, uh, but it's okay in Portland when they try to burn down a new billion-dollar courthouse. It's very, very frustrating. I guess the other thing, too, we didn't really talk to, not the PS, uh, PTSD pensions for first responders in Rhode Island. Huh. I don't know if you ever got to that. No, not today, but uh, it's coming. <laughs> it's, it, it, it's, it's unbelievable. They just want to spend mm -hmm. money. I mm -hmm. think all, all of us have some kind of PTSD in dealing with things, so I don't know. Uh, I expect that that might make it through the General Assembly without any problem, too. Anyway, we are out of time on the Upfront program for today. I want to thank you for uh, being here, Mr. Boulay, and we will uh, talk again next week, all right? My pleasure.